the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Friday, May 6, 2022. This time of year brings a lot of things having to do with culture and politics. I actually think on the culture front, some of the most important things are the messages adults communicate to high school and college seniors in their commencement ceremonies. And I also think those are some of the messages where the political and non-political communication gets confused. Too many who are political try to communicate life messages and advice in ways that are political or in ways where their political point of view confuses any generally helpful life and commencement advice. And yet one of the reasons I think commencement addresses are so important is because I think our young adults need help today in ways they never before have. In truth, we all do, really. To that end, as many of you know, I do an annual on-air commencement speech, and here is 2022's. Graduates, here are some life lessons I hope you'll take, some from journalists, some from philosophers, some from political leaders, some from religious sources, some from scholars of other sorts, some from movies, some from lyricists, and some from just ordinary wise people. And before I begin any of it, let me first wish you congratulations on your achievement. A lot of people wish they could be where you are right now. Well done. Enjoy. First and foremost, enjoy. There will be plenty of times in life where things are not happy or joyful. This is not one of them. Savor your moment. You've earned it. First, C.S. Lewis, it seems to me, needs to be read a lot more. In a year commemorating the most extraordinary of challenges from dealing with the virus and from political extremism and violence, for you in school as much as for you not in school, as well as for us not in school, C.S. Lewis could have been our first intellectual vaccine. On the issue of what I said above, just too much politics, too few politically free zones, too much making of politics, almost everything, C.S. Lewis warned about this in 1945. He said, quote, a sick society must think much about politics as a sick man must think much about his digestion. To ignore the subject may be fatal cowardice for one as for the other, but if either comes to regard it as the natural food of the mind, the normal thing to do, with either, if either forgets that we think of such things only in order to be able to think of something else, then what was undertaken for the sake of health has become itself a new and deadly disease, close quote. I show you the times. In regard to the virus, C.S. Lewis confronted this in 1948, except then it was the fear of new atomic warfare. Quote, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age, he asked. I'm tempted to reply, why as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of paralysis, an age 
of rail accidents and automobile accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before there was an atomic bomb, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics, but we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful or premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull yourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. Pretty good, right? Once upon a time, we were told, be not afraid. Once upon a time, psychologists told us not to make decisions out of fear. Now it seems to me we just need a little more C.S. Lewis. The best line I ever heard in a commencement speech of anyone else's was Ted Koppel's. He told a Stanford class, apply a strong standard of morality to your lives, and if periodically you fail, as you surely will, adjust your lives and not the standards. This leads me to lesson number three. I have never, ever met a perfect person. Indeed, to many, the only perfect person died about 2,000 years ago. Do not put people on pedestals. Do not engage in hero worship. People will let you down. They will disappoint you. This includes parents, teachers, friends, spouses, politicians, favorite authors, and religious leaders, the person you may even admire the most. Dennis Prager said something like this once. If you are not prepared to be disappointed in your friends, you are not prepared to have friends. There's a lot of wisdom there. Don't forget it. People will disappoint, and that's life, because life can be hard from time to time, and the only person who makes no errors is the person who does not exist. The famous psychiatrist Carl Menager wrote this, when a trout rising to a fly gets hooked and finds himself unable to swim about freely, he begins a fight which results in struggles and splashes and sometimes an escape. In the same way, the human struggles with the hooks that catch him. Sometimes he masters his difficulties. Sometimes they are too much for him. The struggles are all that the world sees, and it usually misunderstands them. For it is hard for a free fish to understand what is happening to a hooked one until he is on the hook one day himself. So try and be understanding of other struggles. We all have them. That's a guarantee. Some we see, some we don't. But I guarantee you everyone has struggles and failures too and often. By the way, those failures can often also lead you to great successes. If you doubt this, read the biographies of any great inventor or leader from Thomas Edison to Steve Jobs, Abraham Lincoln to Margaret Thatcher to Ronald Reagan. Failure is temporary. It will happen. And usually 
It is simply the world's way, life's way of clearing a path to a, to a success you've never dreamed of. This takes me to another lesson. Try and take it easy on yourself. Today you are flying high. Tomorrow you may be flying high or you may not be. You may not have gotten the job you wanted or you may have messed up the first task you were given in the new job you did get and wanted. It's okay. It happens to everyone. I promise. A failure is not, is never the end of a story or the end of your story. And in time, I guarantee you will forget it. And so too will others. They will forget it faster than you, by the way. I promise. Don't worry too much about what others think of you. Worry about what you think of you. Ann Landers got something very important and very right about this. If you worry too much about what others think or say about you, you will never move forward. You will be frozen, paralyzed. She put it this way. Pay no attention to disparaging remarks. Remember, the person who carried the message may not be the most accurate reporter in the world, and things often become twisted in their retelling. Your job is to live so that no, nobody will believe them. That part, that last part, bears repeating. If you are concerned about what others think of you, live and comport your life in a way that is a living, walking, breathing reproof of negative comments or disparaging remarks by others. Live the, so that nobody will believe them. It is more important, after all, to see a sermon than hear one. Two things regarding this are also important. Patience and authenticity. On authenticity, a famous Hasidic rabbi said, the only question we will ever be asked when we die is not why didn't we become more like this person or more like that person. We will be asked, why didn't you become you? On patience, I can only relay something I've heard a lot of great leaders and successful people tell me over and over again. The greatest decisions they ever made were not decisions they thought were that important at the time they made them because the greatest things that ever happened to them could not have been planned or sometimes even dreamed of. I know this to be true in my life too. So just remember, as the Talmud puts it, the only testing ground for the heroic is the mundane. You will pass the test of big things only after you pass the test of small things. So treat everything seemingly small. Treat everything as big or at least treat it as important. I have a dear friend who puts it this way. Whenever you have to face someone or something uncomfortable, ask yourself this. What is my holy mission? Just asking that question of yourself can change everything. So be patient and be good. Life has a way of working out if your internal compass is pointed true north and often when you least expect it. Be forgiving to yourself and to others. Remember the Lord's Prayer. We ask God forgive, God's forgiveness a lot, and we hope for it. We depend on it. How much more so should we be forgiving of others? I know how much I appreciate it when I'm forgiven for something. So the shoe should be on the other foot, too. Be forgiving to others. Francis of Assisi said a lot of beautiful things. Here's a sentence from him that is worth remembering. Lord, Grant that I might seek rather to comfort than to be comforted. Here's why. The best way to get out of your own head, to ease your own mind, to solve your own troubles is to help another with his or her troubles. When you are in what you perceive to be dire straits, try to help someone else. Try to comfort someone else. 
you'll find a magical solution to your own troubles. That way, you truly will. Again, it is more important to comfort rather than be comforted. And it's a good thing to do anyway, as the Dalai Lama, maybe the happiest, most joyful man on earth, put it this way. Our chief purpose in life is to help other people. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. This from a man who is entitled to have a lot of resentments, watching his country be taken over and destroyed. And yet his philosophy in life is not about revenge, but about helping others, or at the very minimum, not hurting them. Be decent at all times. If there's a question as to what to do in a certain situation, difficult or not, ask yourself, what's the decent thing to do? It's one of those really great words, decent, and it's too often forgotten. But when you think about how to implement that word, how to act on it, it's a word that almost always tells you what to do and how to do it. I know a few better self-defining words. I don't remember where I heard this, but someone once said, when there's a difficult or maddening or tense situation where you think you need to say something, put yourself through a three-part test. Ask yourself, does something need to be said? Does something need to be said now? And does it need to be said by me? Another piece of advice for difficult or maddening situations, it's something Fred Rogers carried with him in his suit pocket. Calm is a language the blind can read and the deaf can hear. Be as calm as you can as often as you can. Keep in mind this. People, especially young people, most often damage themselves with drugs or al alcohol to change the way they feel, to feel normal, if you will, or to change their normal. Give them reasons not to need or perceive the need to change their normal. You do this by putting them at ease over whatever their situation is. We all have crosses to carry. Let them know theirs can be carried too. And it does not require a quick and damaging fix. That fix can be life-altering or life-ending. Trust me, I've seen a lot of it. The first shot is always a volitional choice. The second, and a finite Many more may not be, and too often, there's never even a second shot. When in doubt about how to deal with a difficult person, try and find a way to love that person, or at least see the child in them, or some redeeming quality. Most people have something redeeming about them, something worthy of love. I recently read a great line by Helen Keller on this. She said, It is wonderful how much time good people spend fighting the devil. If they would only expend the same amount of energy loving their fellow men, the devil would die in his own tracks from boredom. If that's hard to remember, just ask my friend's question. What's my holy mission here? I must read this old letter from a survivor of the World War II concentra concentration camps that she gave to teachers every year, courtesy of a reprint from child psychologist Heim Ginnott. Maybe it has resonance today, too. Teacher wrote, I am a survivor of a concentration camp. My eyes saw what no person should witness. Gas chambers built by learned engineers, children poisoned by educated physicians, infants killed by trained nurses, women and babies shot by high school and college graduates. So forgive me for being suspicious of education. My request is this. Help your children become human. Your efforts must never produce learned monsters, skilled psychopaths, or educated Eichmanns. Reading, writing, 
and arithmetic are important only if they serve to make our children more human. Of all the quotes I read in a given year, that one is the most requested for repetition. I hope it means something to and for you just now. I know there's a lot of serious above, but let it not get in the way of your true education. Hunter S. Thompson gave you the roadmap, but only on this. He said, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. The last thing I'll say is perhaps my favorite line ever. It's from the late education professor, Leo Biscoglia, whose specialty was helping with those with special needs. It's something I've always loved, and I close with it. Only the weak are cruel. Gentleness can only be expected from the strong. Now, one final last note as I close. Maybe something I've said today will resonate with you. Maybe not. But it's advice I love, and I fail each piece of it here daily. Because to come back to where I started, people simply are not perfect. So go forward with your new beginning, and remember, class is not over. You still have a holy assignment, a lot of them. Go find them. And, more importantly, make sure and recognize them when they find you. And get ready for a great ride. God bless. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Got uh, got a great group of guests coming on. We're going to have a lot of fun. Short segment here. I just want to give a little direction on a a heavy week, uh, particularly with the leaking of – of the uh, draft opinion by Sam Alito. I, uh, I addressed it in a couple of my monologues this week. You can always get them at 960 The Patriot. I also want to direct your attention to Peggy Noonan at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Peggy to me is a, is a lot like what someone once said of Winston Churchill. Uh, when he's good, he's great. And when he's wrong, oh my God. Today she's great. Uh, she was talking about the wound of Roe versus Wade and how it never healed this country and never could in a way that almost every other Supreme Court decision has attempted to. And she writes, Josh, Josh Prager in his stupendous history of the decision, the family Roe, noted the singular fact of the Roe versus Wade case. Other high court decisions that liberalized the social order – desegregation of schools, elimination of prayer in schools, interracial marriage, gay marriage, wherever you were on these things, they were followed by ultimate public acceptance, even when the rulings were unpopular. Most came to have support. Roe never had overwhelming support. It was the one case that accepted. It never stopped roiling America. Why? Why, Peggy asks, and then she answers it. Because all the other decisions were about how to live, and Roe was about death. Mm. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
A balance of nature, balanceofnature.com. Their fruits and veggies are 100% natural, as are the capsules they are contained in. You take them just once a day and you get 10 servings of fruits and veggies made from 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. As I say, 100% natural. I take it every day. Just need to take it once a day and you are good to go. It boosts my immunity, keeps me healthy, keeps my energy high, and it can do all that for you as well. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. That's balanceofnature.com and make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Well, it is a delight to welcome into the studio one of the uh, brightest and uh, lifting, uh, most lifting personalities I have uh, come into contact with over the past uh, year and a half or so. She is Brandy Barclay, and she is a co-host with her uh, friend, uh, Lindsey Graham, of her own show on this station on Sundays at 3 p.m. She's so right. That's just the beginning of who Brandy is. Um, Brandy, you haven't been on my show directly um, one-on-one before, so tell the audience just a little bit about yourself. You do a lot of things other than your weekly (laughs) radio show in this town. Oh, gosh, yes. I'm a busy bee. Thank you, first of all, for having me on. I have to tell the audience, I kind of bullied him. Like we were, we were at an event, and I'm like, Seth, I'm starting to get offended. Okay, why haven't you asked me to be on your show? So after a tequila, I caught him, and he said yes. So that's why I'm really here. And I brought a shaker just in case he changes his mind. So um, I am a wife and mother first. I am a woman of God who started a women's ministry when the government told us to all stay home and stay away from each other. And I was running into a lot of depressed women um, that I coach because I'm a private life coach, certified Christian life coach. And they were isolated and depressed, which I believe the government has a great way of doing to people. They want us divided so they can conquer us. And I decided, you know what? I don't feel intimidated at all by this. And um, I, I care more about people than I cared about that stupid whatever it was wasn't a law um and i and i invited the women into my house and i offered what was in my hands i have a blender to make margaritas i could order tacos and i could give them a word of encouragement that i thought at the time they desperately needed and they desperately needed each other to realize they weren't alone i mean you had women at home homeschooling their children for the first time pulling their hair out causing marriage strife causing physical problems causing i mean just the the entire home was being affected in a demonic way and i wasn't if i could do anything about it i did and from that point a couple of years ago we started with 15 women in my house and it's grown now to about 3 to 400 that are kind of inter- interwoven within the community and i call it the ultimate happy hour and i call it the safe space for like-minded women conservative christian women that are tired of being told that they can't say anything they need to be nicey nice drop their kids off and not have an opinion and it pissed me off <laughs> so that's a little that's a little nutshell about where i am in life right now other than the radio show and brandy if people want to reach out to you and learn more about you they should go to your website brandybarclay.com is that right b r a n d i e b a r c l a y dot com uh, what one one of the things I want to spend some time with you, Brandy, talking about is the past news of the week. If if most people tune into uh, most corporate media, most mainstream media, CNN, ABC, the like, 
they will get a unified field theory of what women believe when it comes to abortion and Roe <laughs> versus Wade. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the whole story. It's not anything like or near the whole story. Uh, talk to us about what your first thoughts were when the leaked opinion of, uh, of Justice Alito came out. Oh, boy. Well, my very first thought was what perfect timing. The uh, Mules 2000 movie had come out that day. I was in the theater, actually, with Carrie Lake and Mike Lindell watching it. And I was, I, I will say, I'm a very hopeful, joyful person, but I left there and for an entire 24 hours, I was, it was depressing. And it's not that it was like a flash of lightning, new news, but it was in your face where we are with the rampant mafia takeover of what's happening in our nation it was so depressing. And, and I thought that that news coming out kind of right around, I mean, it was like, let's drop a bomb in here, right? Let's, let's distract what's really going on. Okay. This is a total distraction. This, you guys, this law, I mean, this has been going on since when, 19, what, 73? And all of a sudden, it's the big fat news of the day when they're showing us the election election fraud. Let me do this. Let me take a quick break. We will come back on the other side. My guest is Brandy Barclay. She is the co-host of the show here, heard every Sunday at 3 p.m. She's so right. And you can reach out to her at brandybarclay.com. I'm Seth. She's Brandy. We'll be right back. For those of you looking for a really great, unique investment opportunity with a wonderful return for investors, I want you to check out my friends at Y-Refi. I've met with them several times, kicked their tires, look under the hood to get a complete understanding of what it is that they're offering, and it is, as I say, really wonderful. I'm talking about a fixed, no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi helps people who are doing their best to dig out of debt the right way by doing the right thing in paying off their debts and doing so with dignity, even getting their FICO scores fixed along the way. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really good people who are doing very well by helping others. And you can too. I would never endorse an investment unless I truly believed in it. I do truly believe in this. What more can I say? Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. Again, that's investyrefi.com, and tell them Seth sent you. Brandy Barclay is our guest. She is half the team of She's So Right, heard every Sunday here at 3 p.m. We're talking about the Roe decision and women, and we were just talking a little bit off uh, off air, Brandy, and you, and you put your finger on something. I have heard no one else make this connection. All this is coming in the week that is leading in to Mother's Day. It seems that we have somehow <laughs> divided our minds and our country so much we can't put one and one together and get two. Mm. Take it away. Ah, oh, man. Well, as a mother of two amazing daughters, uh, Jadelyn, who's 25, and Chloe's 21, we just went out for my early Mother's Day dinner last night, and because I'll be out of town this weekend, and I can say that out of all the successes I've ever had or in, <laughs> will have, that being a mother has been the most beautiful, profound challenging, strengthening, amazing. And I would, 
experience of my entire life. I wouldn't give one thing up for what I have had as being a mother. It has literally created the person I am. I mean, it, it's, it is hard. I'm not sitting here saying to anybody, any young woman who is faced with the pregnancy, that it's easy. I was married. I mean, I've had, I've had a, a, a big life, guys. Like I'm sitting over here. I'm like a Christian life coach. A lot of that comes from experience. A lot of that doesn't come from the mountaintop. It comes from the ditch on the side of the road. And it comes from life experience saying, you know what? It, the things that are best in life usually do not come easy. Speaking of mountaintops, the man on top of the mountain did not fall there. There is a climb involved in all things good. And I think this world is, or this government or whatever you want to call it, I believe the devil is trying to convince everybody that the wall, walls should be padded for you and everything should go easy for you. And if you make a mistake, just, you know what? Don't inconvenience yourself. That isn't real love. Real love looks like getting up in the middle of the night with a crying baby. Real love looks like driving across town to be with the person you want to be with even when you're tired. Look, what does love look like? And the world, there's an entire movement against real, true love. Brandy, that's beautiful. And it reminds me of of so many things I've heard from uh, when Chuck Colson was doing prison fellowship back when he was alive and talking to prisoners about, you know, finding God. And he would say, you know, a lot of people would say, Mr. Colson, you're a man of Christian faith. Why are you bringing God into the prisons? Hmm. And Chuck Colson would say, they just don't get it, do they? This is where we find him. This is where we find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the mountaintop that you start with. But you did put your finger in connecting this on something interesting, too, in connecting this to uh, Mother's Day and motherhood and what you just described about, you know, the midnight wake-ups and, and that sort of thing. And it's the left's idea of what female and or women in empowerment is versus – Real women's empowerment. Mm. You want to say something about that? Oh, this is, where this do is I stop? This where? is why the left couldn't stand Amy Coney Barrett. They had to try and destroy her, right? Yeah. They and didn't get that. They don't get you. You tell them what they don't get. They don't get me because I believe that they have scales on their eyes to what real love is looks like. And I believe the world has is, is lied to women for years telling them it looks like selfishness. That it looks like you're as strong as a man. You're better than a man. You should get paid as much. You can. You don't need to have kids. You don't. I mean, now you don't even be a woman. You know, now they're putting tampons in boys' locker rooms in Oregon. What? I mean, it, it's they're, they're not co- even talking about mothers anymore. <laughs> no. They're talking about birthing persons. They're trying to take away the concept of motherhood. Yes, they're devaluing women continually saying it's in the name of valuing women. It is complete chaos. Biblically, everything chaotic comes from the depths of hell. God has a a beautiful order. And when when you actually start to live in that kind of order where it's okay for a woman to respect her husband, where it's okay for a husband to cherish his wife, for us to call boys boys and girls girls, I really can't believe that those are the conversations we're having when there's so many other real topics happening. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all deception, and it's all to keep us talking about these ridiculous things that really we all know are a joke. And... So I I feel like when it comes to women's true empowerment, it really is has been designed perfectly by God. And and when we get back to that really unique design and instead of me saying, 
I have to puff up my chest and be bigger and more powerful than my husband when that wasn't God's design. There is a, a balance of power here. Ultimate power is me submitting myself to an almighty God who says, I have your best interest. I love you. I know it's best for you. And me humbling myself under that. And then, and this is, I think, what the left's biggest problem is, is pride and humility. Pride is the mother of all sin. Pride says, I'm always right. And even with, you know, going back to the election fraud or the the vaccine or all the ways that now truth seeps out like it does, no matter what, there's so much pride attached to them that they will never admit it. Yeah. It's like they just double down, triple down. And now when, like, when, the reason why I mentioned tampons in the boys' bathroom in Oregon school, school districts, I'm thinking, so now a woman, a young girl has to go to a boy to get a tampon? I mean, like, or, you know, I just, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure they had to put it equally in both bathrooms to make sure everyone's covered. That's our new vision <laughs> of equity. Of they, equity. Each, the boys' bathroom and, and the girls' bathroom both have to have the same number of um, and uh, same number, same amount of of, uh, of tampons available to them. This issue of confusion, confusing, and confusion is a really big one because I think we're doing an awful lot about uh, an awful lot of confusing, starting with the kids, starting on this very natural difference between children, boy and female male and female. Mm-hmm. And it dawns on me that um, as you're talking about, this comes from a very, very dark, dark place. Uh, some people might even call it hell. I, I think about what C.S. Lewis wrote in um, the screw tape letters. People forget the screw tape letters was a manual. It was a how-to manual from the devil to his nephew. Mm-hmm. And he says, your chief task is to fuddle them. Ooh. They must be confused. I've always loved that word fuddle. People know befuddle, but fuddle. Your chief task is to confuse them. Seems we're doing an awfully good job of confusing young girls and young boys right now. Pick up on that maybe when we come right back. I'm Seth Liebson. She's Brandy Barclay. We will be right back. Well, she's not Samantha. She is Brandy Barclay, and uh, she is my guest. She's going to rejoin us at the bottom of the next hour and take some of your calls if you'd like to do that. Uh, if you'd like to call in and talk to Brandy. But, Brandy, one of the things we were talking about right before the break is this effort to confuse people, to confuse children as well as adults. I've called it the crisis industrial complex. Uh, it's uh, so much the easier to corral us. But think about the kids and the confusion they are dealing with right now. Um, there has been something we conservatives have been talking about for going on 25 years now, a war on boys. Uh, They started by talking uh, about natural boyhood things being toxic masculinity, making boys ashamed of uh, their masculine nature. At the same time, we were telling girls to succeed in life. You go, girl. And girls did. And they have far surpassed uh, men, males, boys in academic outcomes, in job hirings, and that sort of thing. And now here we come to a point that if I told you this would be the point we'd be at three years ago, you would have laughed at me, where we are now telling girls, um, no, you don't need to go and find female or women empowerment. Uh, You don't have to be, uh, I am woman, hear me roar. You can actually just go be a boy if you want. Talk about a confusing message. Talk about confusion in our culture. Talk about a diminishment of what I thought the feminist movement had been fighting for. Mm, 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 mm. I think of the very first thing someone asks a pregnant woman um, or a, a woman who's had a brand new baby. Is it a boy or a girl? Mm-hmm. It's the very first thing that God gave us as our identity to help us to know who we were in 
the kingdom of God. And I believe that there's an attack on that on purpose because, I, I mean, you and I, Seth, you know, I'm almost, I'll be 50 next year. And I mean, no one knew what transgender were when we were kids. I mean, we had tomboys. My sister was a tomboy her whole life, was always dirty, eating bugs in the mud. I mean, would my mom have like, nowadays, would my mom look at her and go, oh, maybe she's a boy. It's re- Or maybe it's, her teacher it, not telling her mom ex- might think There that. you go. That's That's really where it is. And it's so crazy that... Are, is it a boy or a girl? I don't know. We'll let them decide. It's insan. It's crazy, crazy insanity. And it's, I believe, again, another ripoff of the enemy getting into society through a few loudmouths. That's why I think God has given me a microphone. I never, ever thought I would be doing this in a million years. But there's a few people that are, are that are c- causing chaos and every, and, and no, everyone's afraid to stand up to him. Yeah, ten percent can do a lot of damage to the rest of the ninety percent. Uh, you are going to come back at the bottom of the next hour, Brandy. That's interesting what you said too about the first question someone asks when a child is born: "Is it a boy or a girl?" You know, the other thing though, on the other side of that coin, in relation to the road uh, decision, no one, not even in Hollywood, not even in the most left-wing precincts, has it ever been depicted, or has anyone ever said when they came home with a sonogram? I have a picture of my fetus. No one's ever uttered that sentence. Things we need to get back to. Brandy will rejoin us. We've got a lot coming up. George Kaloff coming up to talk to us about the politics of how this decision will play out going into November. Don't go away. Be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 